military parade as their majesties leave Buckingham Palace for the saluting base in the Mall. The captain's escort of the household cavalry was in attendance and the royal procession went by an indirect route in order that the crowds might see and cheer their king and queen. The man on a game-changing mission, a brilliant barrister with the formidable task of partitioning India, a land he knew nothing about, had never set eyes on, a rushed job with a 36-day deadline and based on flawed, unreliable data. He had his reservations, he had misgivings, but was too deeply devoted and duty-bound to refuse. Auden's elegant spare poem, The Partition, in 1966, is scathing in its biting satire. It's a blistering criticism of the five weeks Sir Cyril Ratcliffe spent in the subcontinent, drawing up the borders between India and Pakistan. Time, they had briefed him in London, is short. It's too late for mutual reconciliation or rational debate. The only solution now lies in separation. Caged in a lonely mansion, guarded by the police, he worked to resolve the destiny of millions which rested on the crucial line drawn by him. No time to verify, no time to examine. Could one trust his decision? In five weeks, the fate of millions of people got sealed and this unleashed an epic humanitarian crisis, one of the worst genocides in human history. Unspeakable horror, violence, insane brutality, bloodshed and anguish. None had visualized what the partition would entail. No warning at all. Migration, massacre on a monumental scale. Auden's partition does not take into account the human cost of this act, nor is he expected to. He picks up Ratcliffe only to blow him apart. For this is a tongue in cheek modern satire, it's classic Auden. He assumes an apparently unruffled journalistic style to deflate individuals and institutions. There is no direct vicious tirade, rather an impish sense of humor. In couplets and a final triplet, Auden brings back the wry, crisp wit of John Dryden and Alexander Pope. So I gather you denied that Mr. Halifax's phone had been bugged. Well, obviously. It was the one question today to which I could give a clear, simple, straightforward, honest answer. Yes. In Auden's hands, Radcliffe emerges, not as an individual, but more as a type, a true son of the establishment. Always available to do unpleasant work for these masters, to their satisfaction, to enable them to rise to fresh heights of public distinction. And in the bargain... What happens? 
they cause untold misery to millions millions whose fate they decide unfortunately although the answer was indeed clear simple and straightforward there is some difficulty in justifiably assigning to it the fourth of the epithets you applied but in seven weeks it was done the frontiers decided a continent for better or worse divided uncompromising demands on both sides communal tensions questionable census figures and perhaps the intrusion of the viceroy himself frontiers be mapped pathways plotted in a dissimilar mixed people of a country ill-informed radcliffe racked by physical woes the weather was frightfully hot and a bount of dysentery kept him constantly on the trot with little interest in the people whose fortunes were in his hands was he biased or was he a victim a scapegoat of the financially strapped britain's unjust hasty exit strategy orden's partition is a political historic poem aristotle said that poetry is more universal than history can a poem also be used as a historical document how can aristotle's distinction of poetry and history be applied to the partition of the subcontinent what can a poem do which a historical document cannot the evocative rhythm and layout suggestive use of language here orden is taking up aristotle's challenge and draws on a particular incident to raise universal questions he compels the reader to think harder the poem is eloquent about the exercise of power the capitalist turned imperialist decides to divide and quit partition in india is nothing unprecedented look what happened to germany korea vietnam cyprus ireland palestine all a legacy bequeathed by the colonizer the divide and exit strategy mountbatten called it a brain wave the capitalist the imperialist the powerful british empire sought the rational ordering of society assuming enlightenment motives it set about producing order out of a religiously linguistically diverse society but partition an impossible utopian solution the promise of a homeland 
to those deemed out of place in a nationalized India? Was it then a rationalist, idealist vision of a post-colonial Pakistan and India? Odin then is the voice of an individual sensibility, a scientific objective voice coming to grips with the real social, political, economic problems of the times. When the border drawn on the ground created the border in the mind. August 14, 1947, late evening, the Viceroy alone in his study. He mused, for still a few more minutes, I'm the most powerful man on earth. The time had come to pack up and return home. The crown jewel that had brought wealth and riches for centuries had now to be relinquished. The poem is Auden's memorial, memorial to the image of an unprepared lawyer crippling an entire continent. In seven weeks it was done, papers destroyed, Radcliffe's speedy departure before it was even announced. The sentence of death, devastation to hundreds of millions, 15 million uprooted, 2 million killed. In all of recorded history, what a harrowing migration. Homicidal fury unleashed, neighbor turned on neighbor. A subcontinent that despite moments of disharmony had prided itself on its complex integration. Strangely, Auden doesn't even mention India and Pakistan. But line eight, with the Viceroy is a giveaway. Feeble lines of sardonic wit, the poem unravels volumes, volumes of depth intensity. We are reminded of Will Durant's words. The British conquest of India was the invasion and destruction of a high civilization. By a trading company, utterly without scruple or principle, the most sordid and criminal exploitation of one nation by another in all recorded history.